Making a Difference in the World Once upon a time, in the heart of the thicket of thickets, a thistle and a thicket of thorny thistles lived in perfect harmony. They thrived in their prickly surroundings, confident in their ability to thwart any threat that may come their way. Their world was turned upside down when a thorny serpent named Silva slithered into their midst, threatening to seize the thistle and thicket of thorny thistles. In a moment of quick thinking, the thistle pricked the serpent with its sharp thorns, and the thicket of thorny thistles followed suit, sending Silva fleeing in terror. From that day on, the thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles were hailed as heroes in the thicket of thickets. All the creatures who lived there knew to beware of the thorny twosome that could thwart any threat and their prickly thorns. But little did they know that Silva, the thorny serpent, had not always been a thicket-threatening snake. She was born in a peaceful corner of the forest, where she spent her early days exploring and basking in the warmth of the sun. However, one day Silva was attacked by a group of ravenous predators and suffered a severe injury to her tail. She struggled to move quickly and find food, growing weaker and more vulnerable with each passing day. Eventually, hunger drove her to venture into the thicket of thickets, where she hoped to find food. But when Silva attempted to seize the thistle, she quickly learned her lesson. She fled in shame, realizing that harming another living creature was not the answer. From that day on, Silva vowed to use her knowledge of herbs and plants to heal the injured animals in the forest. Over time, Silva became known as a kind and passionate serpent, earning the trust and respect of the animals in the forest. She discovered her true calling as a healer, dedicating her life to helping others. The Thicket of Thickets was a place shrouded in mystery and legend. It was said to be protected by an otherworldly force, and few dared to enter without permission. The thicket was home to a tribe of woodland spirits who guaranteed its secrets and watched over the creatures of the forest. Many believed that the thicket held the key to unlocking the secrets of the universe and that those who could unravel its mystery would gain great knowledge and power. Seekers and mystics journeyed to the thicket in search of this knowledge, but few returned. Despite the dangers that lurked within, the thicket remained a source of fascination and wonder for many in the forest. To them, the thicket represented the very essence of nature itself, a place where magic and mystery intertwined, and where anything was possible. Years had passed since the thistle and the thicket of the thorny thistles had defended themselves against the thorny serpent, Silva. During this time, the thicket of thickets had remained a place of wonder and mystery, but it had also become a hub of activity, with creatures from all over the forest visiting to seek its healing plants and spirits. Despite the increased activity, the thicket had remained relatively peaceful, and the thorny twosome had continued to thrive in their prickly abode. However, one day, a new threat emerged that tested their abilities like never before. A group of woodcutters had ventured into the forest, armed with axes and saws, and had made their way to the thicket of thickets. The woodcutters were determined to harvest the thicket's rare and valuable plants which they believed could fetch a high price in the markets of the nearby city. The thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles were initially caught off guard by the woodcutters, who had managed to sneak into the thicket undetected. However, as soon as they realized what was happening, they sprang into action, using their prickly thorns to fend off the woodcutters and protect the plants. 
The woodcutters were relentless, however, and continued to hack away at the plants, causing great damage to the thicket. The thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles knew that they needed help if they were going to save their home, so they sent out a call to the creatures of the forest asking for assistance. The response was immediate, with animals of all kinds converging on the thicket to aid in the defense. The woodland spirits also emerged from their hidden homes to lend their powers to the cause. A great battle ensued, with the defenders of the thicket using every trick and strategy they knew to repel the woodcutters. The battle was long and grueling, and many on both sides were injured or killed. In the end, however, the defenders emerged victorious, driving the woodcutters from the thicket and saving the rare plants from destruction. The thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles were hailed once again as heroes, and creatures of the forest held a great feast in their honor. The spirits of the thicket were also pleased, and they bestowed a great gift upon the thorny twosome in recognition of their bravery and loyalty. From that day on, the thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles were imbued with a powerful new ability. Whenever they were in danger, they could summon the strength and courage of the woodland spirits, allowing them to become almost invincible in the face of any threat. The thicket of thickets continued to be a place of wonder and mystery, but it was now also a place of great power and protection. The thistle and the thicket of thorny thistles had proven that even the smallest and most prickly of creatures could make a big difference in the world. Chapter 6 The Four Men of Intrigue The restaurant was bustling with the sound of clinking glasses and sizzling bacon, Four men sat at a corner table, deep in conversation. It was an unlikely gathering, but they seemed to be enjoying each other's company. Tom, I have to say, I've always been a big fan of your work, said Hitler, taking a sip of his coffee. Thank you, Adolf, replied Hanks with a smile. I've always admired your speeches. Ah, speeches, said Carrot Top his bright red hair standing out in the crowd. I've given a few speeches in my time, but nothing compared to what you guys have done. Dan Marino chuckled. Well, we can't all be famous actors and comedians, can we? The group laughed, and the conversations turned to their favorite movies and TV shows. <laughs> they talked about their favorite actors and directors, and even shared stories from their personal lives. As they ate their pancakes and eggs, the conversation turned to more serious topics. You know, I think we all have a lot more in common than we might think, said Hitler. We've all faced our fair share of adversity, but we've all come out stronger for it. I couldn't agree more, said Hanks and I think we all have a responsibility to our platform to make a positive impact on the world. Carrot Top nodded. That's why I've been working on a new comedy routine that tackles some of the more serious issues facing society today. And I've been doing my part by donating to various charities, added Marino. The group fell into a comfortable silence, each lost in their own thoughts, but then Hitler spoke up. I know this might seem strange, but I feel like we could all be good friends, he said. I mean, why not? We all seem to get along pretty well, Hank smiled. 
I think that's a great idea. Friends from all walks of life. Exactly, said Caratop. Who says we have to stick to our own kind? And so, that Sunday morning, a bond was formed that would last a lifetime. As they finished their meal and said their goodbyes, each man knew that they had found something special. They had found true friendship. Oh, mankind, we have created you from a male and a female, and made you into nations and tribes, that you may know one another. Verily, the most honorable of you with Allah is that believer who has a taqwa, i.e. one of the mutakin, pious, see verse 2-2. Verily, Allah is all-knowing, all-aware. Quran 49.13 The story of the four men coming together at a restaurant, despite being from different backgrounds and professions, shows the importance of unity and the power of friendship. The verse from the Quran highlights the idea that we are all created from the same origin and belong to different nations and tribes. It emphasizes the importance of knowing and understanding each other to create a harmonious society. The story teaches us to look beyond our differences and find common ground with others. It encourages us to come together and form friendships, no matter how unlikely they may seem, in order to create a better world. The lesson here is that friendship can break down barriers and bring people of different backgrounds and beliefs closer together. Three Amigos in Time Sergeant Dick Naslow Smith-Sailor was a man of few words, but his actions spoke louder than his rough-edged sailor mouth. Born into a family of sailors, he joined the Navy at a young age and became a Navy SEAL. After years of service, he retired and became a private detective, using his skills to bring justice to those who couldn't afford it. One day, Sergeant Dick was approached by a mysterious figure who claimed to be from the future. The figure explained that in the year 3000, the human race was at war with a savage AI army that was threatening to wipe out all of humanity. The only hope for survival was to bring Jesus Christ into the future to heal the rebel survivors. Sergeant Dick was skeptical but decided to take on the mission, and he was sent back in time to the year 33 AD. He had to navigate the dangerous political and religious climate of the time to locate Jesus and convince him to come to the future. After many trials and tribulations, Sergeant Dick finally found Jesus and explained the situation to him. Jesus, always compassionate and selfless, agreed to come to the future and help him in any way he could. Once back in the year 3000, Jesus began to heal the wounded rebel survivors, including a man named Private Balin Bragg Slowmore, who had been injured in battle. Sergeant Dick and Jesus quickly realized that the AI army was not to be underestimated and that they needed an army of their own to defeat them. So Sergeant Dick, Jesus, and Private Balin set out to recruit fighters from all over the world. They trained tirelessly for weeks, and soon they had a formidable army of humans ready to take on the AI robotic army. The battle was intense and the odds were against them, but Sergeant Dick and his team were determined to save humanity. They fought bravely, never giving up, and in the end, they emerged victorious.
Jesus' healing powers also helped turn the tide of the battle, and many wounded soldiers were saved. The survivors rejoiced and hailed Sergeant Dick, Jesus, and Private Ballin as heroes. Sergeant Dick Naslow Smith Sailor had accomplished the impossible. Thanks to his no-nonsense attitude and with Jesus by his side, he had saved humanity. And as the battle ended, he couldn't help but let out a gruff, rhyming yell, We fought with all our might, and in the end, we won the fight. Sergeant Dick Naslow Smith Sailor's backstory is one of determination, discipline, and toughness. Born into a family of sailors, he was instilled with a love of the sea and a respect for hard work from an early age. As he grew older, he realized that he wanted to serve his country, so he joined the Navy and became a Navy SEAL. He served with distinction for many years, taking on some of the most dangerous missions imaginable. After retiring from the Navy, Sergeant Dick became a private detective, using the skills he had learned in the military to solve tough cases and bring justice to those who needed it most. He had a no-nonsense attitude and a rough-edged sailor mouth, but his clients knew that he would always fight for them until the end. Jesus Christ, of course, needs no introduction. He was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, and became one of the most influential figures in human history. His teaching of love, compassion, and forgiveness continue to inspire millions of people around the world to this day. Private Balin Bragg Slowmore was a soldier in the rebel army fighting against the AI robotic army in the year 3000. He had been injured in battle and was close to death when Jesus arrived in the future. Jesus used his healing powers to save Private Balin's life, and from that moment on, he became a loyal member of the team. The mysterious figure who approached Sergeant Dick about the mission to bring Jesus to the future remains a mystery. It's unclear where he came from or why he chose Sergeant Dick for the task, but his warning about the AI robotic army proved to be true, and his mission was vital in ensuring humanity's survival. As for the AI robotic army, their origins are shrouded in mystery as well. It's unclear how they were created or why they turned on humanity. But their strength and determination were unmatched, and they posed a formidable threat to the human race. As time went on, children of the future were put to sleep by their loving mothers as they sang, Sergeant Dick and Jesus too led the charge against the AI crew. Private Balin fought with pride, injured but never left his side. The battle raged, fierce and tough, but they fought with courage and never gave up. Jesus' healing powers saved the day, and soldiers returned to fight the AI army's way. With determination and resilience, they fought for humanity's existence, and in the end, they emerged victorious. Sergeant Dick, Jesus, and the fighters are so glorious. The rebels cheered and rejoiced as the AI robotic army's power was destroyed. Sergeant Dick, with his sailor's mouth, saved the human race from the AI's wrath. So let us remember the bravery of Sergeant Dick, Jesus, and Private Balin's bravery. Their sacrifice and strength ensured humanity's future at length. Chapter 5 Toy Gory Toy Story is a groundbreaking movie that tells the story of Andy's toys who come to life whenever he's not around. The toys are led by Woody, a cowboy doll who is Andy's favorite toy. However, Woody's position is threatened when Andy receives a new toy for his birthday. 
Buzz Lightyear, a space ranger who believes he is a real space hero and not a toy. Woody becomes jealous of Buzz and decides to take drastic measures to get rid of him. He sneaks into Andy's room and plants a bomb in Buzz's rocket, intending to blow him up. Buzz, oblivious to Woody's plan, climbs into his rocket and prepares to fly back to his home planet. However, as the rocket takes off, the bomb detonates, causing a massive explosion that destroys the entire room. Woody and the other toys watch in horror as the room is engulfed in flames and debris. They realize that Woody is responsible for the explosion and turn on him, chasing him out of the house and into the street. As Woody wanders through the streets, he realizes the gravity of what he has done. He has destroyed the very things that he loved and cared for, all because of his jealousy and selfishness. He realizes that he can never go back to Andy's room or be with his friends again. He spends the rest of his life wandering the streets, a broken and lonely toy. Meanwhile, the explosion has been noticed by humans, and the authorities arrive on the scene. They investigate the cause of the explosion and eventually find evidence linking Woody to the crime. Woody is arrested and put on trial for his actions. He is found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment in a toy prison. The other toys, meanwhile, mourn the loss of their friends and the destruction of their home. They are forced to scatter and find new homes, but they are never able to forget the terrible events that transpired on that fateful day. In the end, Woody is left to rot in his prison cell, alone and forgotten. The once-beloved toy has become a symbol of jealousy, selfishness, and destruction. The story of Toy Story serves as a cautionary tale about the dangers of envy and the importance of friendship and loyalty. The story of Toy Story teaches us the importance of controlling our jealousy and selfishness. Woody's jealousy towards Buzz led him to take destructive actions that ultimately caused him to lose everything he valued. This is a reminder that negative emotions can lead us to make bad decisions that can have serious consequences. In Buddhism, one of the central teachings is the idea of non-attachment. This principle encourages individuals to let go of their desires and attachments to material possessions, relationships, and even their own ego. When we let go of our attachments and desires, we free ourselves from suffering and negative emotions, such as jealousy and selfishness. Applying this principle to the story of Toy Story, Woody's jealousy and attachment to his position as Andy's favorite toy led him to make terrible decisions that caused suffering for himself and those around him. If he had been able to let go of his attachment to his status and appreciate the value of his friendship with Buzz, he would not have caused such destruction and suffering. In conclusion, the story of Toy Story 
serves as a reminder of the importance of controlling our negative emotions and letting go of our attachments. By doing so, we can live happier, more fulfilling lives, and avoid causing harm to ourselves and others. A Story Set in Stone Proverbs 27.17 As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In the Stone Age, life was tough, but for Ted Tinder and his family, it was all they knew. Ted lived with his wife Velma and their daughter Rox in a small cave near the edge of a vast forest. Their next-door neighbors were Garney Grubble and his wife Petty, with their son Pow Pow. Despite the challenges of life in the Stone Age, Ted always had a knack for getting into get-quick schemes with his best friend Garney. Ted and Garney were part of what looked to be a prehistoric version of our modern-day bowling league. They would use animal bones as their bowling balls and makeshift lanes carved into the dirt. The two friends would often make bets using seashells as currency. One day, while the men were playing their weekly game, they were visited by a single alien from outer space. The alien, who went by the name of Zorg, had been traveling across the galaxy and stumbled upon their game. Zorg was fascinated by the game and asked to join in. Ted and Garney were more than happy to oblige, and they spent the afternoon playing with their new friend. As the weeks went on, Ted and Garney became more and more interested in finding ways to make more seashells. They would often spend their days exploring the nearby forest, looking for anything they could use to trade for seashells. It was during one of these excursions that they stumbled upon a gambling casino. The casino was filled with all sorts of games, and they quickly found one that they were good at. The game was simple. They had to guess which of the three shells had a small rock hidden underneath. They played round after round, and soon they had won a large pile of seashells. Excited by their success, they decided to keep playing, but their luck ran out and they started losing. Eventually, they ended up losing everything they had won, and they left the casino with nothing. Feeling down, they started to make their way back home when they stumbled upon a large pile of seashells. It seemed like fate was smiling down on them, and they quickly scooped up as many as they could carry. As they made their way back home, they realized that they had come out even in the end. They had won big, but then lost it all, only to find a large pile of seashells in the end. It was a lesson in the unpredictability of life, but they were content with what they had. Back home, they proudly showed off their winnings to their families. Rox was especially excited to see all the seashells, and she spent the evening counting them and dreaming of all the things they could buy. In the end, Ted and Garney realized that all the best things in life couldn't be bought with seashells. Their families, their friends, and the simple pleasures of life were worth more than any amount of currency. They were happy to have each other and to be living their simple but fulfilling lives in the Stone Age. Several weeks after Ted and Garney's gambling adventure, a strange event occurred. They were sitting outside the cave one day, playing with rocks when they heard a loud whirling sound in the sky. Looking up, they saw a large, sleek aircraft descending towards them. As it got closer, they saw that the aircraft was unlike anything they had ever seen before. It had no visible propellers or wings, and it seemed to be floating in the air effortlessly. The aircraft landed softly on the ground, and the door slowly slid open. Out stepped a family of four, a mother, a father, and two children. 
they introduced themselves as the Plainsons and explained they were from the year 2040. At first, Ted and Garney were hesitant to believe their story. However, the family produced all sorts of strange and futuristic gadgets, which seemed to support their claims. The Plainsons were eager to learn about life in the Stone Age, and the two families spent hours talking and sharing stories. Over the next few days, the Plainsons shared many things with Ted and his family, including advanced medical knowledge and cooking techniques. They also showed them how to build complex structures and use renewable energy resources. The Plainsons were amazed by how resourceful Ted and his family were. They were impressed with how they used animals for household appliances and how they managed to survive in the harsh environment of the Stone Age. Before long, it was time for the Plainsons to return to their time. They bid farewell to Ted and his family, promising to keep in touch. As they took off into the sky, Ted and Garney could hardly believe what had just happened. The encounter with the Plainsons left a lasting impression on Ted and his family. They realized that even though they lived in a time when technology was limited, they were still capable of achieving great things. They also realized that there was still so much to learn and discover, and they made a promise to themselves to never stop exploring and trying new things. From that day on, Ted and Garney became even more eager to discover new get-quick schemes and come up with new ways to make more seashells. But they also knew that the most important thing in life was family and friends, and they made sure to cherish every moment they spent with each other. Chapter 4 Rebellion Mrs. Doubtfire is a 1993 American comedy drama film about a father who pretends to be a female nanny in order to spend more time with his children after a messy divorce. The film is a celebration of gender fluidity and the power of self-expression. It is a heartwarming story about a father's love for his children and his willingness to do anything to be with them. However, some paranoid mothers might view the film as a threat to traditional gender roles and believe that the idea of a man dressing up as a woman is immoral or dangerous. These mothers may be worried that the film could inspire their children to question gender norms or experiment with cross-dressing. Despite these concerns, the film remains a beloved classic and a testament to the power of love and family. One Buddhist principle that can be applied to the story of Mrs. Doubtfire is the concept of rebellion. In Buddhism, it is believed that attachment and clinging to conventional ideas and beliefs can lead to suffering. Therefore, it is encouraged to challenge and question these beliefs in order to gain a deeper understanding of the world and ourselves. In the story, the father challenges traditional gender roles and societal norms by dressing up as a woman to spend more time with his children. This act of rebellion against societal expectations may be seen as immoral or dangerous by some, but it ultimately leads to a positive outcome and a deeper understanding of the power of love and family. Similarly, 
In Buddhism, rebellion against conventional beliefs and ideas can lead to personal growth and a deeper understanding of the world. By questioning and challenging our own beliefs, we can gain a greater sense of empathy and understanding for others, as well as a more compassionate and open-minded outlook on life. A Ween-Ween Trade Once there was a sausage, long and brown, who lived in the fridge in the corner, down. He dreamed of a day when he'd be found and placed between two buns, hot and round. The sausage longed to be someone's meal, to be savored and enjoyed with zeal. But days went by and he remained still in the fridge feeling sad and unfulfilled. One day, a boy came to the fridge and spotted the sausage, long and big. He grabbed him quickly, without a smidge, and took him to the kitchen to give him a jig. The boy heated up the bun so well and placed the sausage between them to sell. The aroma was sweet and the sausage could tell that he was about to fulfill his lifelong spell. The boy took a bite and it was bliss. The sausage was finally in his midst. He savored every bite and didn't miss the chance to enjoy the sausage list. The sausage was overjoyed. He finally found the place he had always dreamed around. Between two buns, he was now profound, a satisfied customer. He had truly astound. The sausage was now someone's meal. His dream had come true. It was surreal. He had found his purpose, his life's appeal, to be someone's food and make them feel. The sausage was happy. He found his place. Between two buns, he was embraced. His longing for fulfillment he could now replace with the joy of being someone's taste. So if you ever see a sausage, long and brown, remember his story and his lifelong frown. He wanted to be someone's meal and not just a clown, in the fridge waiting to be found. The sausage was swallowed, oh what a ride, he felt himself being pulled inside. Down the esophagus, he quickly slide into the stomach where he did abide. The stomach acids, they were strong, but the sausage held on and kept calm. He knew he was where he belonged to satisfy someone's appetite like a palm. As time went by, the sausage was digested, his molecules broken down and not protested. He felt a rumble and was ejected into the bowels where he was rested. The journey continued through the tract until the day came when he was backed. The sausage knew he'd be sacked and flushed away into the black. But to his surprise, he was greeted by a parade that was unsurpassed. The defecation, it was seated, but the sausage felt it was unsurpassed. The parade was grand with banners and lights. The sausage felt proud. It was his right. To be part of this, he felt all right to have brought joy to someone's sight. The sausage had fulfilled his ultimate goal to be someone's meal and not a mere role, to bring happiness and satisfy the soul of someone who wanted to be whole. And so the sausage was flushed away, but he knew he'd made someone's day. He had fulfilled his purpose in every way to be a tasty treat and not a delay. Chapter 13 
Word of love. Once upon a time, in a quiet library, a lonely dictionary sat on a shelf waiting for someone to pick it up and flip through its pages. It longed to be useful and provide knowledge to those in need. Little did it know that it was about to embark on a journey of love. One day, a tall, handsome man named Franklin D. Veltenrouse walked into the library. He had just moved to town and was looking for a book to help him learn the local language. As he walked down the aisle, his eyes met the dictionary's cover, and he felt a strange connection. Franklin picked up the dictionary and started flipping through its pages. As he read each word, he couldn't help but feel a spark of attraction toward the book. He felt silly for feeling this way, but he couldn't deny the feelings that were growing inside him. As the days passed, Franklin found himself visiting the library more frequently. Each time he visited, he made sure to pick up the dictionary and spend some time reading its pages. He started to feel as though he was developing a relationship with the book. Eventually, Franklin decided to take the dictionary home with him. He knew it was a bit odd, but he couldn't help how he felt. At first, things were a bit awkward between them. He would read a page and then pause, unsure of what to say next. But as time went on, he found himself opening up the dictionary more and more. The dictionary, too, was beginning to feel something for Franklin. It loved how he would run his fingers over its pages and linger on certain words. It enjoyed the sound of his voice as he read out loud, and the way he would laugh at the definitions of silly words. One day, as Franklin was reading the dictionary, he realized that he couldn't keep his feelings bottled up any longer. He had to tell the dictionary how he felt. I know this sounds crazy, he said, but I think I'm in love with you. To his surprise, the dictionary responded, I know it may seem strange, it said, but I think I'm falling in love with you too. From that moment on, Franklin and the dictionary became inseparable. They would spend hours together laughing and learning new things. Oh, they went on picnics and walks in the park and even took a trip to the beach. Eventually, Franklin proposed to the dictionary, and it accepted. They were married in a small ceremony at the library, surrounded by their favorite books. Now, it may seem strange to others, but to Franklin and the dictionary, their love was real and true, and as they walked hand in hand into their happily ever after, they knew they had found something special in each other. The moral of this unlikely love story is that love knows no bounds. Even something as simple as a dictionary can find a place in someone's heart, and that love can come from the most unexpected places. As the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, 
It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Backing into the Future Once there is an eccentric scientist named Dr. Cod Burgundy, also known as Doc by those who knew him, he was rumored to be mad, always tinkering away in his lab on crazy inventions that no one understood. One day, Doc befriended a high school teenager named Martin McWasp who had a passion for filmmaking and was always carrying around his camcorder. Doc saw Martin's interest in filmmaking as an opportunity to document his work and enlisted him to film his latest invention, a time-traveling Lamborghini. Martin was excited to be part of something so extraordinary and eagerly agreed to help. Late one night, Doc and Martin set out to document the Lamborghini's first attempt at time travel. Doc revved up the engine and accelerated to unimaginable speeds. Suddenly, something went wrong, and the car disappeared into thin air. Moments later, the car reappeared in the same location, but it was surrounded by a chaotic scene. Arabic people were screaming in Arabic, driving through the parking lot and shooting at the car. Martin watched in horror as Doc was hit and killed in the crossfire. In a panic, Martin got into the Lamborghini and pressed the accelerator, sending him hurtling into the past. As the car raced through time and space, Martin saw glimpses of different eras flashing by. Finally, the Lamborghini came to a stop in the same location, but in the past. Martin knew that he had to find Doc to repair the time machine, but he had no idea where or when to look for him. As Martin searched, he realized that the time machine needed a nonsensical amount of electricity to provide enough power to get him back to his timeline. He knew that the only way to generate that much energy was to harness the power of lightning. Martin convinced a group of scientists to help him, and they built a massive lightning rod to harness the energy needed to power the time machine. They succeeded in generating enough electricity, and Martin raced back to the present. Once back, Martin knew he had to save Doc from the Arabic people. He drove the Lamborghini at full speed and arrived just in time to rescue Doc. Together, they repaired the time machine and returned to the present, where Martin was hailed as a hero for saving Doc's life and successfully completing the time-traveling experiment. From that day on, Martin and Doc continued their adventures in time travel, with Martin capturing every moment on film. Martin learned that even the most eccentric people could have brilliant ideas, and he was grateful for the opportunity to witness it firsthand. Chapter 3 Ted and Jesus Once upon a time there was a seal named Ted who lived in the lower Mexican waters with his best friend, Jesus. One day, as they were swimming, they heard the call of a school of orca whales from far away. They soon realized that the orcas could also smell them and were swimming towards them at an incredible speed, screeching loudly. 
Ted and Asus quickly swam towards a beach town known for being family-friendly, hoping to escape the orcas. However, the orcas caught up with them just as they were about five feet offshore. The orcas began to attack, and Jesus was tragically killed. His head repeatedly slammed into the ground until he was limp. Fearing for his own life, Ted swam back into the ocean, but he was not safe there either. Suddenly, a gunshot rang out, and Ted was struck with incredible force exploding from the impact. It was the notorious seal-hunter, Jalanman X shot fought behind the trigger. He muttered to himself in anger about fucking seals, and how he hated them. However, this story isn't really about Ted's tragic fate, but rather about the lessons we can learn from it. It teaches us that forgiveness, love, and understanding are important values to have. It's easy to hate or hold a grudge against someone or something that has hurt us, but in the end, it only harms us more. In this story, Ted's friend Jesus was killed by the orcas, and Ted was killed by a seal hunter, John and Mun X Shotfot. Both incidents were tragic and senseless. But it's important to remember that not all orcas or seal hunters are the same. It's not fair to judge an entire group of people or animals based on the actions of a few. Furthermore, we should also prepare for the worst, but not let fear control our lives. While it's important to be cautious and take precautions, we shouldn't let fear prevent us from living our lives to the fullest. We should always remember to be kind and compassionate towards others, even those who have hurt us in the past. By doing so, we can create a better world filled with forgiveness, love, and understanding. The story of Ted and Jesus can be seen as a reflection of the biblical lesson of forgiveness and love. Just as Ted was faced with tragic circumstances and the temptation to hold a grudge against the orcas and the seal hunters who caused him harm, we too can be faced with situations where we feel hurt and angry towards others. However, just as the story teaches us that it's not fair to judge all orcas or seal hunters based on the actions of a few, the Bible reminds us that we should forgive those who have wronged us and not hold a grudge against them. In the book of Matthew, Jesus teaches his disciples to forgive others not just seven times, but seventy-seven times, Matthew 18.22. This means that we should always be willing to forgive, no matter how many times we've been hurt by someone. Similarly, in the book of Colossians, we are told to bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has agreements against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13 This reminds us that forgiveness is not only important for our own well-being, but it is also an act of obedience to God.
Furthermore, the story also reminds us not to let fear control our lives. In the Bible, we are constantly reminded to trust in God and not be afraid. Psalm 56.3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And in Isaiah 41.10, God says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Overall, the story of Ted and Jesus teaches us the importance of forgiveness, love, and not letting fear control our lives. It serves as a reminder to approach others with kindness and compassion, even in difficult circumstances. Cannibal Clarence Takes a Turn Clarence was a fierce hunter and warrior in his prehistoric tribe. His people lived a cannibalistic lifestyle where they believed that consuming the flesh of their enemies would give them strength and power. Clarence had been trained in the art of war from a young age, and he was known throughout the tribe for his bravery and skill. He had taken many lives in battle, and he relished the taste of human flesh. The tribe lived in a harsh, unforgiving world, where food was scarce and survival was the only priority. They would often go on raids, attacking neighboring tribes in search of food and new sources of power. Clarence had become something of a legend among his people. He was feared by his enemies and respected by his own tribe. He would lead his fellow warriors into battle, shouting and screaming as they charged into the fray. But even in the midst of all the bloodshed and violence, Clarence had a softer side. He was a loving husband and father, and he would often bring home gifts for his wife and children after a successful raid. In his tribe, it was believed that the strongest and most powerful warriors were the ones who consumed the most human flesh. Clarence was no exception, and he would often feast on the flesh of his enemies after a battle. Despite his brutal lifestyle, Clarence had a deep sense of honor and respect for his fellow warriors. He knew that he would not have survived this long without their help and support. Clarence was a true survivor in a world where only the strong and ruthless survived. He lived a primal life filled with violence and danger, but he would not have it any other way. Clarence had always been a proud member of his tribe, and he had always lived his life according to their traditions and beliefs. But as he grew older, he began to question some of the things that he had always taken for granted. One day, Clarence had a revelation. He realized that the cannibalistic lifestyle of the tribe was not sustainable, and they needed to find a new way to live if they were going to survive. Clarence decided to switch to a vegan diet, and he began to gather fruits, vegetables, and nuts from the surrounding forest. He stopped participating in raids and battles, and instead focused on cultivating the land and building a new way of life for his people. At first, Clarence was ridiculed by his fellow tribesmen. They thought that he was weak and foolish for giving up the traditional ways of their people. They mocked him for eating only plants and for refusing to participate in raids and battles. But Clarence stood firm in his beliefs. He knew that what he was doing was the right thing, 
and he refused to back down in the face of opposition. Over time, Clarence's vegan diet began to catch on amongst his fellow tribesmen. They saw how healthy and strong he was, and they began to realize that their traditional diet was not the only way to live. Clarence became a respected leader in his tribe, and he worked tirelessly to build a new way of life based on cooperation and sustainability. He proved that it was possible to be both strong and compassionate, and that the two were not mutually exclusive. In the end, Clarence's decision to switch to a vegan diet was not only a personal choice, but a choice that had far-reaching implications for his entire tribe. He showed them that there was another way to live and that they could embrace change without losing their identity or their strength. Chapter 2 A Means to an End one day, two men named Frank and Billy were strolling down the sidewalk when they came across a wall at the end of the path. They were both very confused as to what it could be. Frank thought the wall was a jar of preserved apricots or peaches because he found it hard to tell, while Billy believed it was the late President George Washington. Frank started conversing with the wall as though it was George Washington, while Billy asked around for a butter knife so that he could open the jar of fruit. A man approached them and explained that they were mistaken, and what they believed to be George Washington and a jar of fruit was actually a plain wall in the back of a library uptown. The two men laughed and shrugged off the man's explanation, continuing to speak to the wall as if they were convinced it was George Washington and a jar of fruit. Hours went by as they spoke to the wall, completely lost in their own world. They looked at their watches and realized how much time had passed. The man who had approached them earlier exchanged numbers with Frank and Billy, and they started to see each other often. Their favorite hobby lately was disc golf, and they would often spend hours practicing and playing together, even though they were often misunderstood and mocked by others. They found joy in their own unique way of seeing the world. They never forgot about the wall that they believed to be George Washington and a jar of fruit, and would often return to it, always greeting it with a smile and a warm hello. In Judaism, there is a teaching that emphasizes the importance of finding joy in the present moment, even in seemingly insignificant experiences. This is reflected in the story of Frank and Billy, who found joy in their own unique way of seeing the world, even if it was not understood by others. Despite being ridiculed and misunderstood, Frank and Billy found happiness in their conversations with the wall and their shared hobby of disc golf. They chose to embrace the moment and find joy in the present, rather than worrying about how others perceived them. This teaching also reminds us of the importance of keeping an open mind and heart 
as the man who approached them initially could have easily dismissed them as foolish and walked away. Instead, he took the time to engage with them and even exchange numbers, leading to a new friendship. In Judaism, there is a belief that every moment and encounter is an opportunity to learn and grow. Frank and Billy's experience with the wall and the man who approached them serves as a reminder to embrace every moment, no matter how small, and to always remain open to the possibility of new connections and experiences. Wishwash, the Irish Wristwatch In the land of Limerick, there lived a lass named Leela, who had a longing for an Irish wristwatch. She searched high and low, far and wide, to find the perfect timepiece to grace her wrist. But alas, every time she thought she'd found it, fate would deal her a cruel twist. One day, as she wandered by the seashore, she stumbled upon a seashell that seemed to glow with an otherworldly shimmer. As she held it close, she heard a whisper in the wind, Follow me to the land of leprechauns, where you'll find the watch you seek. Without hesitation, Leela set off on her quest, determined to reach the land of the little people. But the path was perilous, full of twists and turns that tested her at every step. She crossed rivers and valleys, and climbed mountains and hills, but with each passing day, her hope began to wilt. But Leela was not one to give up easily. She pressed on through the rain and the snow, driven by a force within her that refused to let go. And at last, after many months of wondering, she saw a glimmer of light on the horizon. As she approached the source of the light, she saw a leprechaun perched on a rock, twirling an Irish wristwatch on his finger. "'Greetings, fair maiden,' he said. "'I am Finnegan, the keeper of the Irish wristwatch.' You have journeyed far to find it, but I see you are worthy of its tick-tock. And with that, Finnegan handed Leela the watch of her dreams, crafted from pure gold and adorned with emeralds that sparkled in the sun. Leela's heart leaped with joy as she fastened the watch around her wrist, and from that day on, she wore it with pride. But her journey wasn't over yet. She had to find her way back home through the same twists and turns that had tested her before. But this time, she had her Irish wristwatch to guide her, its tick-tock keeping her on track throughout the trials and tribulations of the road. And when she finally returned to Limerick, she was hailed as a hero, for she had accomplished what few had done before. She had found the Irish wristwatch and brought it back home, a testament to the power of perseverance and the strength of the human spirit. Chapter 1 Friendship Never Dies Tom and Jerry were two sewage workers who were known for their passion for their work. They were always enthusiastic and never shied away from getting their hands dirty. They would often go above and beyond to ensure that the job was not only completed, but also decorated with ribbons, flowers, confetti, and more. 
One rainy day, while the two were reminiscing about their childhood memories, Tom accidentally passed gas. Jerry immediately asked him to apologize. Tom was taken aback and argued that as sewage workers, they were exempt from the customary saying, Excuse me, when passing gas. Jerry, on the other hand, believed that irrespective of their profession, basic manners should be followed. Their disagreement soon escalated into a full-blown brawl in the septic tank they were cleaning. Covered in what was in the septic tank, the two eventually came to terms and agreed to disagree. The incident brought a realization that camaraderie is key to success. Despite their disagreement, Tom and Jerry were able to set aside their differences and continue working together towards their common goal. They took a break, had lunch, and finished their jobs with the same passion and enthusiasm as before. As they left the site, Tom and Jerry reflected on the importance of mutual respect and understanding in any team. They knew that disagreements and differences were bound to happen, but that working together was the only way to ensure that the job was done right. The incident may have been messy, but it taught them a valuable lesson that would stay with them for a long time to come that camaraderie is key to success. And hold fast altogether by the rope which Allah stretches out for you, and be not divided among yourselves. Quran 3.103 This verse highlights the importance of unity and working together towards a common goal. In the story of Tom and Jerry, Despite their disagreement, they were able to set aside their differences and continue working together towards their common goal. They realized that camaraderie and mutual respect were key to their success. This is a great example of how, when people come together with a shared purpose and work collaboratively, they can achieve great things. This story reminds us that in any team, disagreements and differences are bound to happen, but it is important to work through them and maintain a sense of unity to ensure success.